Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Two Harbors Consulting Podcast. My name is George Zach. I'm a member of the team at Two Harbors Consulting. The goal of this podcast is for us to bring a conversation to you related to process improvement and business improvement. Now, this is obviously, being our first episode, a new activity for us at Two Harbors Consulting, and so we're looking for your feedback. Let us know what you think of the podcast, the topics, the sound, the technology, any aspect of it, who you'd like to see uh, on the podcast as a guest, what future topics you'd like to see us cover. You can contact us by way of what information we've shared in the show notes, uh, at email, or by way of our website. Today, for our first episode, I talked to two of my colleagues at Two Harbors Consulting, Becky Fitzgerald and Tom Klein, about requirements and how they relate to manufacturing organizations. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, my name is George Zach. I'm with Two Harbors Consulting. I'm joined here today by two of my colleagues, Becky Fitzgerald and Tom Klein. They're both CMMI lead appraisers. Um, this is our first foray into the podcast world, so there may be uh, some background noise as we try to figure some of these, these techno technological issues out, but we'll just keep cranking on through. Um, brought our lead appraiser friends together today to discuss a topic that I've often bumped into, which is uh, how requirements apply to manufacturers. And basically what occurs there is I often run into manufacturing organizations that are delivered a set of requirements from a R&D shop or some other part of the organization. And they're given all the specifications as to what the product is supposed to be. And therefore the manufacturing organization sometimes struggles to understand how the CMMI practice area of requirements development and management are applicable to how that practice area is applicable to them. So I've talked to Becky and Tom on this a couple times and we thought it would be great just to get together for a few minutes and get their opinions as to where they see it being applicable, some things that they use when working with manufacturers to get them to understand that, and uh, just kick this process, this this uh, practice area around. So with that, um, Becky, what do you what do you think on on this particular topic? Thank you, George. Um, yes, yeah, so this is something that we we run into pretty frequently, actually, with manufacturing organizations specifically because they tend to recognize requirements as coming from that very formal you know product directed requirements receipt so they'll get their requirements and then they'll build it or manufacture against those requirements and they kind of uh, wrap those requirements up into its own little bubble and not recognize that actually their needs, what they need to know in order to manufacture the product, that manufacturability, all of those needs are also recognized as requirements in the model. So their inputs come from many, many places, regulatory environments, um, space on their floor, um, volume manufacturing requirements, et cetera. All of those needs are requirements. What do you think, Tom? Hi, George. Uh, I think what Becky is describing is completely accurate. Um, many times you will get that response. Well, we don't do, um, we don't have any control of our product requirements, or that's all done elsewhere and handed to us. Um, in those situations, 
I try to ask the organization, well, how do you interact with those requirements? When you identify that something, um, maybe it's too thin or it's too light and it won't work on a production line, how do you feed that information back to an organization? Um, when you identify something that needs to change or um, if something is unclear, how do you interact with the group that provided those requirements? So there is a connection with requirements providers, even if it's not right there locally. But then like Becky's talking about, there are lots of other kinds of requirements. And many times if an organization comes to the end of the conversation of about how they interact with product requirements, then we can start saying, well, what kind of other requirements do you have? And Becky was listening a bunch and like I always go with a pretty basic example. What if you're gonna create a new warehouse or you're creating a new machine? How do you identify requirements for that? Or even outside of manufacturing, we could look at a new human resources uh, program, or if you're getting ready to replace the financial system in the back office, what are the requirements for those tools? So really I'm more interested, um, or I'm equally interested in how an organization thinks about requirements um, as a group, than I am thinking of just the quality or the product requirements that they're manufacturing. Well, that, that could probably be a little bit challenged though by what you're trying to scope from, from the appraisal perspective, right, Tom? I mean, I, I mean, we, I think we'd love to appraise all corners of the, of the organization, but if you're looking at the manufacturing piece, it, you might be challenged to maybe look at the HR systems or, I, I agree with you completely that there's certainly requirements for those things, but, in focusing that the organization may push back and want to focus you to a particular scope, um, maybe even more clearly to the manufacturing floor. What do you what do you do when they, when they push back on you in that way? Well, I I still try to get them to think about requirements more generally. Um, mm -hmm. If there is a lot of uh, a lot of um, struggle to get them to think beyond that, then I will try to constrain the topic, at least initially, to things that are manufacturing related. Um, perhaps looking at um, that warehouse example, or tell me the last time you had to replace a piece of equipment, or when you went to the next generation of, of a robotic arm or something, what were the requirements that, that you put in place there? Um, there's, there's also gonna be just things, um, like I think Becky used the example of volume or, or floor space. Yeah. There's lots of requirements just like that um, that are that are going to be in place, and um, there there may be some corporate kinds of things to consider. Um, so, like your own company constraints or staffing things or budget, those are are certain kinds of requirements. Or you could have regulations coming from the outside, whether whatever your um, market might be, there will be regulations and and government rules that must be followed. So those are requirements as well. Becky, what do you think about some of those regulatory requirements? Well, I think um, in particular, what can happen is um, oftentimes the regulatory body is a separate entity in an organization. And so how those requirements get filtered, communicated, and responded to by manufacturing can be an area of challenge for many organizations. So um, there might be a mechanism for capturing those regulatory requirements that is 
separate and different than the mechanism for capturing the manufacturing requirements. And then you have that manufacturability that we were talking about, you know, what do we need for high volume? What do we need for space? Um, and it's tying those together because all of those are inputs to identifying what the needs, what you need to know and what you need to manage in order to actually build or produce the good or service. So when you think about it as what do I need in order to deliver on this good or this service request, that answer, those needs, those are your requirements. And figuring out how to manage the inputs, all those different sources of requirements, even things that might be coming in from your field reports, you know, from your post-market information, that becomes input into your requirements in manufacturing and how you manage challenges against those. So just because you receive um, these requirements that are coming from these various entities doesn't mean that you can actually meet those requirements. Sometimes you learn things while you're trying to develop the manufacturability or the manufacturing of this service or this product. And that learned information um, identifies gaps. That is, this requirement we received from this source cannot be met in our environment. So we need a feedback loop or a mechanism for managing a response to these requirements. And sometimes the requirements can be met with a, a slight modification and those modifications have to be captured and managed. And organizations have, manufacturing organizations have varying capabilities around how they capture that information to begin with, communicate with the provider of that information to understand it fully, and then manage changes that occur very naturally. Uh, very rarely can you go directly to manufacturing something without any modification at all or without any feedback loop at all. Typically, communication must occur, and how that gets laid out, how that cycle occurs, um, is critical to the success of the product. Okay, so a little bit of quiz time here, back to me to see if, if I got what you and Tom have said. So if I'm dealing with an organization that is a manufacturing organization and they are being handed the product requirements from another part of their organization, and maybe that's even a totally different physical entity, they, they're in a different geography, right? The, the requirements are defined for the product in, in California and the product is built in, in Colorado. Um, and that Colorado organization says, hey, requirements don't really apply to us because we're handed these product requirements. There is the conversation that then occurs of, well, actually, so there's a couple layers here. One, yeah, you actually have to be considerate of your uh, requirements for manufacturing, how you're actually going to build that thing, which includes everything from your volume, right? Are you building 100 of those to 10 million of those or whatever it is in between? Um, and on what particular uh, schedule, you have to be considerate of your, your floor space uh, and, and how you're laying that out. That's a set of requirements. You have to be considering of what tooling you're using. That's a set of requirements, be it manual or automated tooling. Uh, you have to be considerate of regulatory requirements, which might be you're working directly under the authority of some uh, government regulations. Um, which could be anything from um, water or um, 
clean room requirements uh, for, for the manufacturer of your device. So th there's definitely this argument to be made that, hey, actually you do have requirements. And also, by the way, chapter two of all that, I think that I heard from you is you have to have, you, you're also testing out how are you communicating back with that entity that's passing you those requirements, the feasibility of those as to whether they're reasonable and if you have to change anything. Is that in a nutshell, or did I did I miss anything that you'd want to reiterate? I think you you hit what I was um, was aiming for. So thank you, George. That was a good summary. And then Tom, I was going to ask if you had any um, thoughts on that, or if you would uh, add anything to that information. I think yes, it's a good summary, George, of of all the different types of requirements. I I think that the last part that I would add is that. There, there are the concrete or defined requirements pieces that that you can learn and focus on. But there's also, like you were just hitting on it right at the end of it, the the way that you're interacting with requirements providers. Um, there are some groups that just are handed these things completely and have no input into them, except to say this isn't going to work. And then I've worked with a lot of groups who are I'm integrally involved in the creation of the requirements and the design. So I think the earlier you can get those manufacturing voices into the product requirements, the better. But it's it's also a chance for organization parts of the organization that are sometimes siloed to improve communications. I've worked with three different groups in the last week um, that have commented about the challenges they have and maybe one of um, like the, the new product designers might not have ever been on the line where they're manufacturing these products. And it's, I think it's a really missed opportunity for both um, both parties there. So I, I also try to use the requirements as a way to connect um, different parts of the organization that are sometimes not as connected as, as you would imagine. So that's the only the only other thing I would add at the top. Absolutely, that's an uh, an incredibly important add, Tom. I think um, what we're hearing, what we see in practice, is that by opening up that communication, um, the organization really advances their uh, capability, the efficiency of their design and manufacturing uh, practices by incorporating those stakeholders earlier on in the process. And another element I would uh, call out that I, I meant, uh, didn't mention was that um, it matters by the location of the manufacturer. So sometimes a product, so some of these organizations we're working with have multiple manufacturing locations. Some of the manufacturing locations have high degrees of automation. Some of the manufacturing locations have very low degrees of automation, and there's all that in between as well. So that the design information that's being shared with the manufacturing locations uh, often doesn't consider the variability in manufacturing capabilities. And that's what the stakeholders in the varying manufacturing locations can bring to the requirements evolution by bringing those voices in early so that when a design is being incorporated, when those requirements are coming into the manufacturing site, 
those who are doing the manufacturing have had input into what is coming into their own location so that it considers um, upfront some of the unique properties of their manufacturing location, uh, just as an observation. And improving that communication, huge benefits up and down um, the organization. That, that, that's great. And I think it actually ties back to the broader point that Tom was making at the beginning that I um, tried to maybe snub a little bit that if, if an organization comes back and says, hey, that's a little bit out of the scope of our organization, but you very quickly get into that broader system, system understanding of the organization and, and how everybody is interacting uh, in regards to, in regards to re uh, requirements. And so it, it sounds to me that in addition to just understanding how uh, the manufacturing organization can deliver on the product requirements, you end up getting getting into the conversations about uh, those interactions and, and maybe it, there's other activities as well between the manufacturing organization and the R&D side of the shop, which is you know, overall process improvement requirements, uh, overall supplier requirements that they, that they need to be considering. Uh, and, and the supply chain, which is, you know, obviously is a hot topic for a lot of organizations right now. Um, budgetary requirements, personnel requirements, training requirements. So um, I, I see, Tom, you know, I'll, I'll back off the, the closing of the door that I did initially of, well, if the organization is saying just focus on the manufacturing organization, how that interaction piece very quickly gets you into that broader consideration. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, anything else then in terms of on this topic of uh, how uh, a manufacturing organization, uh, any, any other last couple words on how a manufacturing organization that may think that they're being handed product requirements and requirements may not be as applicable or, or applicable at all to them. Any other closing words, Tom? I don't think so, George. Okay. And Becky, you have any other closing words on it? I would just add that... Um... As a reminder, just as you've pointed out, as all three of us have been talking about, the product requirements are a type of requirement. There are many, many other types of requirements that must be considered and included when manufacturing a product. So uh, as you mentioned, uh, supplier uh, requirements, um, the requirements come from all kinds of areas beyond just right. the specific targeted product requirements. Great. Well, uh, thank you, Becky. Thank you, Tom. Again, my name is George Zach, and I've been here today with my colleagues at Two Harbors Consulting, uh, CMOI Lead Appraisers, Becky Fitzgerald and Tom Klein. If you have any question on this, any questions on this particular topic, please feel free to reach out to us. That'll be in the show notes. And if you have any suggestions for other topics you'd like to see us cover in this podcast series, uh, please also reach out to us. Thanks for listening. Hopefully you found that recording related to requirements and manufacturing a little bit helpful. Let us know what questions you have. And again, you can reach out to us by way of the information that we share in the show notes. We have an email address there as well as our website. And let us know what you think of the podcast and what future topics you'd like to have us cover. Talk to you soon.